0: Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi, and welcome to the RPG Show. My name's Brent. I'm your host. This is the show where we rate, review, and talk about RPGs. Today with me, I only have one dude, but it's the man, the menace himself, Nick Schultheim, run Back the Third Gantner. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing pretty well. How about you, man?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Sorry, everybody, that Glenn couldn't be here. He had some uh, family stuff going that they had to take care of, so uh, he did send us in uh, his scores, and we're going to go over them when we get to that segment. But, man, do we have a hell of a show for you guys today. It's Soiko uh, time, bitches. Because we're just going <laughs> to spend a lot of time talking about and It's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I hope you're all ready. Yeah, because,
0: man, we're sitting here with rock-hard boners, I'm telling you right now. All right. Without too much further ado, why don't you tell us a little more about Soika Nick?
1: All right, so this typically isn't my role. So if I, I mess it up, guys... I apologize. I know Glenn usually does a better job. But um, Suikoden is a role-playing game, a uh, series that was originally created by Yoshitaka Mariyama. Um The series is loosely based on the classical Chinese novel Shui Huizan by Shi Nayan. I probably butchered all that, but uh, they're probably never going to listen to it anyway, so whatever. Um, each individual game in the series is um, centers on, a, um, on some themes of, like, politics, corruption, and revolution, and they all feature mystical crystals known as True Ruins and the 108 Stars of Destiny, which are the 108 protagonists, which are loosely interpreted from the source material. Um, So the English translation of the source material is like The Water Margin, and it was a book about um, these like bandits that went around and uh, did their banditing things and how the the locals interpreted them um and everything like that and there there's like 108 of them and they were all under, born under a different heavenly star or earthly star and that's where all that comes from for the stars of destiny um so the game was originally released in japan on december 15th 1995 and it was sent over to north america in 96 and april 97 for europe It was released originally on the PlayStation, and then re-released on the Sega Saturn, and for the PC, and on the mobile phones, and as well as there was a re-release for the PSP, um, but only in Japan. Um, Now, the series typically follow kind of a regular chronological sequence of events, and by by that I mean some games in the series will flow well, like you play them in order to be fine. But some of them, you have to play them out of order to get the um, the timeline correct. Um, but yeah, the uh, the series was originally created, written, and produced and overseen by Yoshitaka Murayama, who ended up leaving Konami near the end of Suikoden 3's development, which was it was actually like a month after that, and they cut him out of the credits because of Konami policy. Um, after he left, Noritada Matsukawa took over as senior director of Suikoden three. Um and of Four was directed by Matsukawa as well. Uh but it was also produced by Junku Kawano, who was the chief designer in Suicune One. Um and of Five was directed by Takahira Sakiyama, who was a new person to the to the field of RPGs. But um yeah, that's pretty much it, I guess.
0: Oh, right. Thank you very much for that. That's a lot of names. I don't know. Uh yeah. no, uh yeah, <laughs> we definitely when we get to because we will play all these games eventually. When we get to the third and fourth, we'll be able to talk about how they feel different than their predecessors. Um, well, or mostly exactly the fourth.
1: the guy, Mariyama, originally wrote in 2 first. Like, that's what he wanted, he was going to make first, I guess. But then, um, I think they were just going to do it on, on an SNES or something before PlayStation had come out. And then they canceled that project that he was on. And, and they went up to him, and I think it was. Um, Junko Kawano and they were working together. They're like uh, Konami's, like, hey, you guys need to make a new game. You can choose some a racing game, um, a so wait, something else. Uh, I don't remember, but it was a racing game, something else, and then an RPG. And they're like, well, we were working on RPG before. Might as well go back to that. Um, so he was trying to build something that would rival like um, Enix's Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest series. Mm-hmm. So. Um, they started off with uh, he went back to his Suikoden idea, which wasn't called Suikoden at the time, but decided to do a prequel instead of actually going in straight into the the plot or whatever he had made.
0: Okay, all right, and oh man, I don't know what else I really want to say about like this game. I mean, do we know how more success, how much more successful it was in Japan than in in the U.S.? Because when we talk about. Uh, Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy in particular as the two sort of tent poles of that company. The one is very much like a Japanese popular game and the other one's a very North American popular game. Like, where does Soikin fall in that
1: that uh Well that paradigm? Well, I would say that like originally on release, all of the games were critically praised, but public reception was kind of Lacking. um like they didn't really get many sales until word of mouth spread, and that was applied for the first one and the second one. The third game was both the most critically acclaimed and the most financially successful for Konami. Um so I, w- I would assume at by that point it was maybe not reaching like household name status, but getting pretty up there in Japan. Uh, over in America, like it's always been a niche series. like there hasn't been very many people like you I could walk around today and ask anybody if they've heard of Squeakin' before, and 99 out of 100 people would say no. So Not only
0: that, but, like, you know, so I really haven't heard that many people in, like, as far as maybe, like, RPG podcasts even talk about the series, and it's such an amazing series. Not only, but I think it falls under people's radar for a couple reasons. First, you know, like, it, the name, first off, right? Like, North American audiences want a want a name that they can they can digest that means something to them, right? So, so you It's not even they don't they don't get it, and like if you manage to pick up the game and look at it, we're not gonna really particularly pick on the uh, the North American cover right yet because that was pretty atrocious. But, well, uh, it was
1: typical Americanisms, you know, take the Japanese box art, make it more, like, 90s American, like they did with, like, Mega Man and shit.
0: More more, make it look like a, a steamy romance novel is what they <laughs> tried to make the front of it look like. I was amazed, like, Fabio wasn't there by the fucking look on you that guy. You mean goddamn. that wasn't Fabio? I don't, I, none of them look like Fabio to me. I'm pretty sure I've seen that girl in that, uh, that choker on the cover of a steamy romance novel, though. Probably like the wind sweeper in the beach. You could go to the podcast post. I'll have a picture of this with the uh, with the episode posting. But in but if you read anything about it, it's like 108 stars of destiny. Like it's it's a. Even it's a big game, you know, like it's. And then you look at it. It's it's 2D in a time when we were already transitioning to 3D. Now we look back on that time we go. That was shitty 3D. We shouldn't have done that. But it was we thought it was cool at the time, so why would you go back feel like you were going backwards? Right?
1: Well I feel like the the developer was like I think they did they did try they experimented with three D a little bit, but then decided that they didn't have the techno like the tech like that they wanted at the time to make it be presentable. So mm-hmm. they went back to the old school two D because they could make a better looking game that way.
0: Yes, and I agree. I think this this looks amazing. So, but I, I think that's why it's not because we know about it, right? We're, we we mm-hmm. think it's amazing. But like, I remember the when we found out each other was very were fans of that series. We were like, wait a minute, you've played so again and I've played so again. It's great. Like, so, who are you? Where'd you come from? It's like I didn't you're not know. real, are you? It's like that moment in Step Brothers. We're like, we just come be friends. Yes, we did. Like we were super <laughs> excited. So, uh, like. And I I mean I can train. Man, I really gotta move away from railroad tracks. But anyway, uh just I'm not sh- like I wish more people I maybe like we would still be getting new titles in the series if more people had played these when they were, you know relevant.
1: Was, yeah. Back when like Sweet of Five came out it was arguably the best entry released for like a decade or whatever, mm-hmm. and they just didn't sell enough copies. So they went and... Uh, well, it's because you didn't see it anywhere.
0: It wasn't on the shelf anywhere.
1: I didn't what? even know it had come out if I, hadn't,
0: if I hadn't been followed following it. Like, when I went to find it, I couldn't find it.
1: I totally got it at release. I pre-ordered that shit. I got two copies. So I did my part. You got two copies. <laughs> that's that's amazing.
0: Like, I don't know what it's going to help, but I'm buying two. So
1: Well, you know what? Numbers, man. Numbers. numbers if there's, numbers, if there's numbers. three copies in the store... I bought two. That means they sold 66% of the, the stock. They yeah, had to restock. But they
0: only had three copies, you know? Like, That's I rem- one of
1: those games series.
0: I mean, I remember when hearing it had come out and I went to get a copy. It wasn't in the store. So, like, I went online to buy it in a time when nobody really wanted to buy anything online because it was still like, everybody's like, I don't know. It's kind of iffy. Like, somebody's going to, you know, walking around Indonesia pretending to be me, you know? And, uh, they were out of stock on the two websites I looked at. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just have to wait. So
1: you weren't quick enough, Brent. I was, I mean,
0: I don't shit to do dog. (laughs) Come on now. So, uh, normally first we talk, we break this up into segments for the new people out there. We cover gameplay then story, then the visuals, and the sound. Then we'll go to talk about our overall experience and give it our scores. After which we'll cover tips and tricks, but we'll get to there when we get to that. Alright, so first up, gameplay. So this is a turn-based RPG in which you... it's very different because you have a party of six. You maintain a party of six, which is really cool. And um, the magic system basically works as you have uh, one rune slot per character, and you attach a rune to that, Uh, they have, you know, of course you got your typical stats or whatever, and then the way you don't have like a magic bar per se, like uh, as your magic skill increases, you sort of gain access to tiers of the spell, and at a certain amount. So like towards the end of the game, your best magician, you know, if you're level 60 or so, might have 8 to 9 uses of the first level, uh, 5 to 7 uses of the second level, 3 to 4 of the third level, and then two to three of the final level of the what spell. Magici-
1: what magicians are you putting in your party that are the best that are only getting, like, five casts of the second level spell?
0: I mean, at level 50 to 60, though.
1: Now, if you put Crowley in there, he's arguably one of the best best magicians in the game. He's got nine, 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 and, like, eight.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, at level 60, though? I yeah. never I fucked with Crowley. He, like, he came too late for me. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm All already using this. All the best characters
1: this. come too late. That's the problem.
0: Um, the only only late character that I switched to and used a lot of is the uh, was the the dragon knight guy. Um, shit. What fudge? No, 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 no. The one that's after uh, the one of the evil guys working for uh, the emperor. He wears the black armor. It's like Pim. Oh, Pesmerga? Yes, Pesmerga. That guy. That guy. I used him for a little while as one of my frontline guys. But uh, mouth. He is a boss like he's got hardcore physical attack. All right, uh, but so I don't know really how to encompass like why I I mean it feels very standard as far as the gameplay goes, but it's not. Like it's 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 got a, a nice sheen like I never at no point did I think it would the game kept a certain level of difficulty. I think um, that I enjoyed Except my only problem is towards the end, like, if you sort of, like, bum rush a couple of the last places, what'll happen is it becomes a, like, let me kill them before they kill me scenario more so than, like, the first 30 or 40 levels are sort of, like, you can sort of think about what to do, really. But then it comes to a point where, like, everything's hitting for half somebody's health unless you have the, you know, the best of all the armor in, you, like, you know, if it, it becomes, like, a race in some of those fights, but... Other than that... Well,
1: um, I would say in those situations, though, you should have all kinds of tools in your armament, in like toolkit, by, the, by that point in time to not even have to worry about that.
0: Yeah, I know, but I still don't like feeling that way. Like, I, I don't like that, at, you know, if, at, if any point <laughs> one bec- person becomes a dedicated healer where they're healing every turn, like, I don't know, like, that always rubs me the wrong way.
1: Now you but, know how it is playing tabletop with you, Brent.
0: Well... I'm sorry. Welcome <laughs> to the the world of of me. I don't know. In a game, I don't. I don't know. I don't like it.
1: Well, I would say that's just whoever you had in your party. You weren't using it to its full effectiveness.
0: Oh, I know but. I wasn't. I never do in second. So I, I know there. I always know there's way better party comps than I'm using. But that's the thing. When you have this many characters, like you sort of you can always sort of gravitate towards who you like and it still function well, right? Like, if you mm-hmm. find a combo or a unite spell that you like, and you can kind of just abuse that for the rest of the game unless it's, you know, like, one of the ones that requires, like, four or five characters, and then you have, you know, three or four, or four party members on you.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you can trivialize every random encounter with, if you have five, or just with four characters in your party. You have Tier or whoever you name your main character, Kai, they have a a a unite attack that hits everybody and you get Kirkus and another elf in there they have another unite attack that hits the whole like enemy composition so you just have them, you do the unites and then if the Mm -hmm. enemy party is still alive then they must have been a boss because that's the only way they're going to be alive
0: I'll tell you, I I had Kai in my party for all of five minutes and I was like, this has gotten boring, he's got to go like it, it trivialized like fucking trash so much I'm like, nope i he, He's got to go. Like it became boring. So I mean, eh, well, that's a, it's own. an
1: option for people out there. Um, an option I abused.
0: I know you did. That's because that's who you are. This is why I have to DM that way, Nick. Because you fuckers, all you assholes I play with, you're going to twist and warp whatever system you can. To remove as much difficulty as possible from it so i have to like throw monsters at you five times your fucking level so you actually have to pay attention and actually have some semblance of losing the goddamn thing so
1: but that's part of the fun getting to that point
0: yeah i agree it part of it's getting to that point unless you're the person trying to keep the challenge going and then it's like oh god i not like I just I don't know like they're four they're level four <laughs> throw level ten monsters at them oh that that was way too easy fuck throw a level eleven monster oh they almost died maybe I should have them
1: I don't know what to do all you gotta do is just give a give a monster a lot of HP with the aura of fuck them Did, and then that's it
0: well that was my trick wasn't it like just eventually I had to I had to like just everything if they're standing here
1: they lose half their HP like what the fuck Brent. <laughs>
0: Like, oh yeah, by the way, it's in the aura of this other thing, so it heals like five times the damage dealt. Sorry. Alright, we were way off topic. Okay, um I think that pretty much covers... I mean, I don't know what else to say about gameplay. It's, it's,
1: it's a... You know, well, it's, I mean, should we read Glenn's tidbit?
0: No, we'll read that when we get to scores, because he only really gave me a blurb, so I mean... Okay,
1: well, like, my opinion on the gameplay is it's just like... It is. It is turn based, but it's fast.
0: It is fast. It like is it fast.
1: doesn't. It doesn't seem like it'll be fast, but the way that the characters glide across the field and attack the enemies, and the same for the enemies, and then the way that they use spells and the unite attacks, everything is, it's quick, but it looks amazing at the same time. So it's an enjoyable experience watching how you've planned out like your your combat tactics or like. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have this guy attack that guy, this guy attack that guy, that's versus new the spells and it's kind of like Yeah, that's that's watching that a-
0: that's that polish I was talking about because like it doesn't they don't go just one by one by one cuz so if like two people can be two or three people can be accomplishing an action in the same frame of animation they do. Because like if that's how the turn so like if I set like one melee guy to attack one guy, one melee guy to attack another guy, one melee guy to attack another guy and they're all like back to back in the turn order, they just all three run up and attack at the same time and it's freaking sweet.
1: Yeah, it just I love I love the way the gameplay is and like you've got the overworld map which is I always love overworld maps because they're fun to explore even though you don't really find anything on most of them. Mm-mm. But um you can find a map in the game which pops up on your HUD mm-hmm. and it, it it only does like the little whatever area you're at because mm-hmm. they when they dev developed this game they had they cut I'm assuming for memory purposes, they cut each piece on the overworld map, like you can't ever get out of there unless you go through a town or a dungeon first and then go to the next part Mm -hmm. of the map. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, when they have the overworld map on there, you're seeing the whole field that you can walk around in and you'll never get lost at that point, but there was never really an option to get lost in the first place, but. Um, I thought it was always interesting
0: well th- actually there's so much more to talk about in gameplay than it just hit me you know like another thing that soy the games do is there's always more than one form of combat alright so you have your normal random battles you have duels and then you have army battles right mm-hmm. and the three are very distinct oh, oh look I'm getting a phone call I'm turning that off there's freaking calling me oh well bye bye call you later um
1: it's, we're cutting to supernatural now
0: uh you know what yeah that's that's what that is Alright, but, uh, so you have duels basically function almost, well, they, like, the other two basically almost, you can boil them down to paper, rock, scissors, right? But, you only really boil them down to that if you're, like, using, especially for duels, like, you only really end up boiling it down to that if you use a guide. And this, I found, to, as a person that's played others in the series, I found this one was a little more punishing on the duels, right? So, like, if you didn't go in and, uh, You know, try and use some sort of guy like you just tried to go and judge by uh, what they were saying, what they were going to do, and, you know, counter. Like, it was
1: really easy
0: to lose in one or two shots.
1: Definitely. Because they'll be like, that's a nice attack. And that can mean either they're going to defend, they're going to attack, or they're going to do a desperate attack. And you're like, hold on. Could you be a little bit more, you know, less vague with that? Because I'd rather not lose.
0: Yeah. and, And, like, the thing is, uh, in the other games, you know, if you did get hit, you know, it's only ever really, like... You, you would go through, like, five, six, seven, eight rounds in one of these duels. In this game, they're over in three. Like, boom. Like, you either kill them or they kill you. End of it, story.
1: It And you are... Your stats for your characters in the duel are influenced by your level and your gear and your the weapon level that you have. But mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of... Mm, I guess geared towards you being at that expected kind of level anyway. So if you're you are punished even more if you're not actually at the level that they want you to be at. And like so, if you don't have a good amount of armor on or you didn't upgrade your weapon, you'll be there for days even if you have a, a guide to look at. Yeah, and doing everything right.
0: Um, then they have army battles, and basically the way army battles work is you have uh, four tiers of attack. So you have charge, bow. Wow, what the fuck is that? Somebody just, like, unleash a hot water heater in the house? What the shit? I'm, My bad. What the hell is going on in there?
1: Somebody decided to vacuum. Oh,
0: what the fuck? Really? Oh, well, we just keep moving. Push talk it is for you. Um, you have... Oh, yeah, so, and then you have uh, magic, and then others. And others basically breaks down to, you have, like, thieves to... Uh, try and ascertain the enemy's next move. You have merchants to try and turn some enemy's turncoat. You have strategists to uh, increase your charge power. And then you have ninjas, which automatically ascertain the enemy's next move. You don't gain ninjas till later, so start You're using thieves for it. Um,
1: There's also the Dragon Knights.
0: And the, then eventually you get the Dragon Knights, which just do damage like without taking any unless um well you never take any but if the enemy use bow then they sort of retreat like it nulls the the ability so towards the end it basically becomes uh like cast dragon knight then uh ninja counter whatever they're going to do use your second ninja counter whatever they're going to do use their third ninja counter whatever they're going to do if you make it that far then you can use merchants to get some people then thief encounter but you should you probably other than like the final battle for uh grigmeister i think i was done in four uh, th- three rounds
1: yeah that's pretty much how it goes like even like on the last battle like i did everything right and then um the thieves failed and i'm like you sons of the bitches so i went to attack and they did they countered me correctly and i lost somebody i'm like god damn it i had to start all over
0: yeah the, yes so uh you collect these 108s stars right but if at any point you need all 108 to get the quote unquote good ending for the game and we'll talk about what that is um, in story but so you can lose people in these, these battles and if you see someone come comes up that they were injured or whatever nope start again always save right before a battle
1: and always. that only happens if you pick the wrong choice in the mm-hmm. war battles like yeah. if you choose charge and the counter is uh, magic, or I think it's magic, uh-huh. and you get hit, and you take the like you take more damage than you would have if you pick properly. Then you have a chance of when you, the units in that attack being killed off.
0: Yep. And then uh, this game doesn't have as many as its its um, the ones that come after it, but there are plenty of mini games as well. Lots of mini games. Lots of gambling, really.
1: Yeah, it's mainly gambling.
0: So I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty cool, um I don't know what else really i mean the the army battles I would see in a game where because I have played these where I've just sort of rushed to the end and skipped all the optional characters, it really does affect your your ability in the the um the big battles a lot if you don't have all one hundred and eight stars because then you won't have you know all three ninjas. You know, you won't have, uh, your, uh, your basic attacks, like, won't do that much because you're, you won't have the full teams, you know? Um, so, recruit everybody. I mean, it's fun getting all 108. Like, it seems like a lot of people to recruit, but you'd be surprised the percentage of them that actually come through the storyline.
1: But then You also get the ones that you just have to talk to them and they're like, oh, you're part of the Liberation Army? Fantastic. I hate the Empire. Let me fight with you.
0: I find most, like, there was a lot of those in those this game. For what I remember, there are some in the other games, but not nearly, almost everybody has something you have to do for them. This one was just, a, I can think of maybe a handful where you had to do like this elaborate thing to get them. The rest of them are just make sure you talk to them.
1: Well, yeah, there's some that have like just arbitrary requirements, like your main character needs to be a certain level or one of the characters that they're friends with needs to be a certain level, and you talk to them when they're that level. And So it's... Well, I mean, it, it was the first game, so there's really, I guess, limited, but they definitely expand upon that later. Yes, they definitely do. Um, it's not bad. Thing. I
0: think that covers gameplay for us. How about we talk about story? Now, I'm going to go out right on ahead of this beast As far as the Soikoden games go, I think the story was lacking, but it only, it feels like half a story, even with getting as much of the other information as I did, you know, fully completing the game. Like it just, I don't know, like it, it, it's, it's definitely not as, it doesn't feel as full as other entries you think I'm crazy? Yes, probably.
1: Um, I mean, I sort of agree with you. Because, I mean, compared to other entries in the series, definitely. It's kind of, like, it's got a story, but it's more of a, um, all right, these guys did something bad, now we have to take them down. As yeah. opposed to, like, the political machinations that are like in the other games
0: yeah like the like they just to clarify like there is like a lot there is some of this like higher power like uh apocalyptic things going on in the other games but almost all the games really focus around some sort of uh political struggle like you know like some sort of rebellion or uh Line of succession, heirs. These are the things that really drive the stories in the Soykinen games so much. And, like, sort of like the background power of these quote unquote true runes sort of almost take a back seat to whatever the political drama is taking place. And, like, the true runes in play basically become tools to the effect of whatever the political landscape is. You follow where, um, in this one we have the soul eater, which is it devours souls and gains power. And you have another user of a true rune, and Wendy, after other true runes to become more powerful, basically destroy the world. And the soul eater in this case basically becomes takes a back seat, sort of giving the main hero like power in combat but not necessarily really there's only a couple times where you know outside of you using it in combat for whatever he, he activates it and that's sort of that's about it and it sort of helps defeat you know um, Wendy at the end really the rune does but it sort of really takes back seat to this rebellion and you know you have other true runes in play here, like the the gate runes, the gate um, in which uh, Leknot only really uses her power to revive Grimio. Spoiler: Grimio dies, obviously. And she can only use that once when all of the other stars have aligned, or whatever sort of cop out that was.
1: In her defense, she only has half of the rune. She only has. Wendy half, has the other half.
0: She has the. Uh, the exit half. haha, <laughs> that was so weird. But to basically break down the story, um, the main hero tier, uh, McDull, right? Is mm-hmm. the son of Tio McDoll, one of the five great, um, generals. I forget what they had a specific name.
1: The five, what the generals? Yeah. Or
0: like they had a title, like one of the five something, something generals of the empire.
1: They're, they're, they're just like the great generals or something. So okay, I that's guess. what I
0: thought. And... Um, basically, turns out that... Uh, well, early what on, the, is, the Empire is corrupt? The Emperor has been corrupted by Wendy. Uh, this sorceress that has one of the halves of this true rune um, into sort of... Uh, sort of like... Her desire for these great ruins has sort of affected his ability to rule an empire, and um, so early on, you have a friend named Ted. Okay, and Ted has been the bearer of the Soul Eater for the past, was it three or five hundred years? Something three hundred. Like, three hundred years, and um, at being the son of one of the great generals and coming of age, you are sent on a mission, and of course, you take your friends on these missions and. During this process, something happens that reveals Ted to be the bearer of the Soul Eater, which essentially so Wendy comes down to take it from him, and in the process, the hero of course ends up with the Soul Eater and on the run. At which point, he meets up with the Liberation Army, who is a uh, rebel force sort of that has determined that the the Emperor is no longer caring for his people and that you know they need to liberate the people of the empire. Um, sort of, you're sort of forced into this position of joining them where I'll, obviously it's the character's choice. Mechanically, you don't have a choice, but it's sort of, uh, an alliance yeah. of necessity where he's been cast out. Um, he's going to be like, he sympathizes with these characters and there's really no turning back. There's nowhere else for him to go. Um, So you join up with them, the leader of the Liberation Army gets killed in an ambush trying to save some kid, why there was a kid down there, I don't know, Um, you throw her in the sewers and she tells you to take over as leader, Uh, and you do, and so the rest of the game sort of is your progress taking this small rebel force and turning them into an army against the empire and the emperor and Wendy, and of course things happen along the way um that affect that but not i mean it's that's the gist of it right yeah pretty much um and turns out that the emperor also has a true rune uh the uh sovereign rune sovereign rune um so when you fight but him it's in he, his sword it's in his sword which is a weird thing. Like, I don't remember that being a thing in at least the other games I've played. I mean, obviously there's also a sword in the, uh, I mean, rune in the sword that Victor gets to defeat Necklord.
1: Well, the difference is the sword is, is a rune itself. It turned itself into a rune. Okay. Where as opposed to the Sovereign rune is, I guess, just put into the sword. Huh. Which, I don't know why. I can't, like, I think it's, I don't, I don't know if Barbarossa had a fear of being corrupted by runes or something like that, but he was still able to tap into the effects of the rune, even though it was in his sword, so.
0: See, that would be an interesting story for them to tell, and, you know, it's like Barbarossa's story. Like, to play a game is like, where he's, like, the main character.
1: Well, there was the previous war before the series, or before this game started. Yeah
0: the for from 4 but i mean i don't
1: well i meant like in this actual like in this in the scarlet scarlet empire like there was the war that where barbarossa became emperor from mm mm-hmm. mhm that Tio was part of and everybody in the generals was part of so who knows yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. one day no
0: never <laughs> <laughs> um so what was i saying oh so it turns out you know he was In love with Wendy or sympathized her because apparently she looked like uh, I guess his ex wife who had died, and like he felt that she had a certain um she had uh, resemblance to his ex wife and she had this this emptiness about her that he you know he felt like he could help her. And so he wasn't corrupted by one of her black runes that she had used to corrupt the other generals into doing her bidding. Um, He had just simply loved her. And ends the game by grabbing her. Uh, His sovereign rune gives him immunity to runes for whatever reason. And basically throws him and her off the top of the castle. Which was pretty dramatic.
1: So, we don't know if they're alive or dead.
0: Don't know. It's it's sort of left. And then the castle comes crumbling down. Which is is a trope I hate. I hate when something non-related to structural things happen. And then, oh no, the whole place is coming down. And we gotta get out. And that's used as...
1: He left the building with a magical MacGuffin. So, obviously the magical MacGuffin was charging the, or powering the the foundations for the, the castle.
0: I guess. So I'm being I mean, sarcastic. Yeah, no. He's gonna tell. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> so, um I mean, the only Emperor not to be I mean not Emperor, huh? The only general not to being sort of corrupted by one of these black runes was Necklord, and he was a vampire.
1: Well, no, there were two more. At least. No, because the other... More.
0: I thought the other one still had black runes.
1: Well, there was... Oh, Tio didn't. Tio didn't yeah, have Tio a black... runes. Oh, okay. Tio didn't, and... didn't, and Sonya didn't, and I would say maybe and Geed, but...
0: Oh, wow, so she only used it on two. That was a really weird fucking storytelling mechanic, then.
1: Yeah. I I think... I don't know if they were the ones that were kind of rebellious, anyway, and she used it to take control of them, so they fell, fell in line, because Teal was dedicated to the Emperor no matter what.
0: Unless um, unless they had very specific powers that she wanted them to use in very specific ways.
1: Well, maybe, because the first guy, he's talking about how he was controlling the animals or whatever, or mm-hmm. the, the beast men with the yeah. moon.
0: Yeah. And, and then um, uh, What's-His-Face had the, the rose. Yeah, the, the, the giant monster pollen, rose thing. The special pollen or whatever. Yeah. Which is... And then he uses the flesh-eating spores to kill Grimeo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, maybe that's why she used it. I don't know. Every,
1: yeah, every time I watch that scene, I'm like, well, where the hell does the spores go?
0: I know. Like, they go and start fidgeting with his fucking leftover clothes and axe. I'm like, dude, that's that's so dangerous what you're doing right now. Like, I don't... Why would you pick up the thing that just, like, had spores on it that devoured a guy. Yeah. Like, that seems dangerous.
1: Well, um, I mean, to be fair, though, I guess we don't know how long they were down there for. Because it kind of just blacks the screen out, and then, oh, Matthew comes running in to save the day. But Matthew. they could have been down there for a while, and, and the things could have died.
0: What was up with them calling him medical officer? Like That's is a that, translation error. I'm guessing, yeah.
1: He's supposed to be a strategist, not a doctor. So Yeah, that's why it kept like
0: it kept tripping me out. They're like, "Ha, the medical doctor has plans." I'm like, "What?"
1: That's so weird that you call him. He's going to save the world through war.
0: I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like there's too many individual storylines to go over them all, but basically each one of the 108 has their own sort of small story that ties them into the overarching story. Which is a cool thing they do in all the games, really. It's there, there's very few of them that are like, I just want to fight somebody stronger, you know. I'm like, there's very few of those.
1: It's definitely a step removed from most RPGs where uh, that you get characters in because you want you go into a town, you save a character, and they join your party, and then they don't ever comment on anything else in the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not saying that these characters do, but at least there's like some background, and most of the characters. Or well, not most, but some of the characters you include on your, in your party in different places will make comments on what's actually going on during the encounter.
0: Or other times they'll uh are going to take a key role in whatever the next mission is, and nobody tells you, and it removes them from your your list, and you thought they had fucking died at some point. <laughs> and you didn't know what the fuck's up. Thanks a lot, Stallion, for giving me a heart attack about halfway this fucking game. Jesus, like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a weird thing. and They take it off the tablet for some reason. I know.
0: Instead of just graying it out. Just gray it out. Do something. Notify that they are unavailable at that moment. Like, say they're on a mission for Matthew or whatever. Like, don't just fucking take them away and, like, give me a heart attack where, like, oh, no, I have to go play another 10 hours of this game again to make sure I have the one one guy and then i'm like wait no he's added automatically to the story did he die yeah. in combat no i don't think i saw anything oh
1: no what's going on uh that's where you just you make another save keep playing and then you find out what happened i but i, I did. do agree I did, they yeah, should notify something because it happens again with krin and Konsumi. yes they leave and then well thankfully i, I never used either posts. of
0: those characters so there was that wait what i never used krin or Kasumi. what Kasumi is a beast kasumi is but i had a i had a i had a party i liked and i pretty much kept it like i mean which point like when you would be using kasumi to level her up during that point like you're really like trying to like make sure pawn staying leveled up so he like he doesn't like fuck up in his moment in glory yeah right so you you don't really because until pawn has you get from the point in which you get pawn back until the point in which he has his big moment, where he faces faces down uh, Tio, Tio and his his two lackeys. You should keep him in your party and keep him upgraded, so that when that moment comes, he doesn't get butt fucked like a Filipino hooker. Okay. Well, like,
1: to be fair, he still gets butt fucked, but you have you have to pretty much do it perfectly, or he's gonna get butt fucked. Yeah, I didn't have any problems, so. i was just saying.
0: To be fair. So it's the difference between being a buttfucked and being a fucked like a Filipino hooker, all right? Exactly. Like, you, fair enough. All right. Um, so that and up to that point, really, you know, you know, you want to keep Victor in your party when you have Victor. I didn't like being forced Flick so much, though, because Flick, I didn't like at all. I mean, I know he's versatile and strong or whatever, but he got on my nerves. Like, I wanted him gone every time he was in my party. Because he's like an emo? That and he's all like, For Odetha. Yeah, my Thor Odetha. I'm like, oh, my God. The same reason I don't like Hicks. I'm like, My well, Thor Tengar.
1: So you don't like anybody from the Warriors Village. Right? They're all just a bunch of assholes.
0: No, I like Tengar. Cause well, she,
1: it's because she's more man than both of them combined. There's that.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So that's, that's essentially the story. And, like, there's not if you basically beeline through the story and don't, like, pick up a bunch of extra characters, um... It's a 15-hour game. Like, I th- I did all the extras. I spent a lot of time, like, leveling up characters that were going to move with us into Soikiden 2. Um, I did a bunch of extra stuff, and my playtime was still 22 hours. So, um... And that's never having completed this game, this Soikiden game before, so... um. You know, that's a lot of me, like, occasionally I'd have to, you know, set the control and go look something up, so. I mean, there's other points, like, you deal with the the elves and the dwarves, um,
1: you know. That's all going along to recruiting people for the army.
0: Yeah, like, each, like, the middle... 50% Fifty percent of the game. So, like, if you have twenty five percent at the beginning and twenty five percent at the end, like the middle fifty percent is almost all just gaining forces for the army and just recruiting people that are either oppressed in trouble or already hate the empire.
1: It's a it's a very common theme throughout the first couple of games. Yeah,
0: yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's a it's a fun fun way to do it because the characters they give you at each of these points are so distinct and they've done so well with like really packing in backstories for these little areas into such like within you know maybe you know a few few conversations of dialogue and you understand who these people are and where they came from and why they're doing what they're doing I mean you really don't have a problem with it and they're also distinctly different it's kind of like alright what are the who's the weird analog uh, stereotypical group of people I get to meet next?
1: So exactly. And it's if if you're gonna get this game and just kind of play through it, which I'm pretty sure most people did, it's gonna come off as very generic. Mm-hmm. But if you take the time to actually explore the game and the world that the everybody has built inside the game, it's pretty well fleshed out. You learn a lot of about the lore, about where you're at. Um, About each individual character. There's even Mm -hmm. towns that they the names get changed because of who's who's reigning over them, and then it gets changed back when you free them. So yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's definitely definitely can be your your experience can change depending on how involved you get into the into the games.
0: And that's a concept that really blossoms in the uh, in the later games, right? So this game like felt like a really Muted version of it as opposed to some of the later games where it's it like You know every time you go back to your castle You want to talk to all your guys because they're all gonna give you little bits of information They're all gonna give you hints to where to recruit people like there's just so much going on it's hard to Really give it enough praise for it because I can think of very f- few examples of this type of RPG game. Not like open world. Open exploration type game. But a very linear storytelling experience. With all this stuff going on. In the periphery. A lot of these games that have this linear. Storytelling experience. Don't have that much going on in the periphery. Because they want you. To go down this this narrow path. To be told the story they want to tell you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But This game has just like I'm saying. Just so much going on in the periphery. That makes the whole experience so good. right? You would agree with that?
1: I uh, definitely definitely would all right. so the visuals
0: now, um this uses the taller type of sprite work. So when you talk about like two d games, there's really you have like your your uh, your normal sort of sprite work, and then you have the taller characters that are um. Like, would be, like, your normal, like, two squares. Like, if you think about the uh, assets they use to make the maps, like, they come down to, like, these very squared sp- things they put all over. Tiles, almost. And, like, some some, some, some games have, like, a one-tile character sprite This has like, the two-tall character sprites. And it amazed me at the how much you could really tell the difference between the characters from the sprites, right? Like, they were very good. Oh like yeah. When you talk about 108 characters and you talk about sprites, you're like, oh really? Are they going to get 108 unique looking characters out of sprites? Fuck yes, they did.
1: Even characters that share like a sort of similar armor set, you can tell the difference between them because of like other details that they have.
0: Either whether it be their animations, how they use their weapons, or how they hold their weapons. That was one of the most impressive things to me is like you have so many characters that use swords and almost everyone has a different sword stance they mm-hmm. use. Which it's and like how they swing the sword in their animations, all different. And that those kind of details are when it that what gets me when it comes to visuals and some of like the the unite attacks and the the spells, like they I think they all looked amazing. Um, there was some weird clipping on some of the monsters, like they did, you know, some of the monster skins did get a little reused. Um, there were some other issues I had in the game where, like, it was hard to tell where the floor ended and the wall started on a few occasions. Um, there was a lot of times you had to navigate behind a wall where you couldn't see your character. Um, those are all sort of annoying things to me. Did you have anything that really stood out, Nick?
1: Um, uh, you mean, like, negatively? Uh, either way. Um, this type of art style and like visual representation is i would say my favorite type Mm -hmm. out of 2d uh, because you can get so much more out of the sprites and the artwork and everything as opposed to like a one like a one by one Mm -hmm. um type of like sprite set and everything um i mean I feel like they've put so much detail into a lot of the things they did. That sure, there's some of the, um, the tile work, like in some of the dungeons, is kind of like, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah. Uh, like the dwarven, dwarven vault thing. A lot of people hate, oh um, God, like, the like the like tile work never, there.
0: Never ended. Um, I mean, I don't mind it.
1: Like there was nothing like I really looked at that confused me or really made my eyes bleed or anything like that. And there was plenty of gorgeous, unique locales to visit like a lot of the towns even had different like building styles um so trying to make a little different differentiation between everywhere so not everywhere was exactly the same but Mm um yeah i mean i've got i like it a lot it's my favorite type of uh, artwork so all
0: right um the music and the sound now I really enjoyed some of the sound work. Some of it was pretty rudimentary or basic as far as, you know, noises, things made when things happened, spell noises, that kind of stuff. A lot of very generic work there. Um, And most of the music is pretty good, right? But there is some really bad music. Like, uh, there's a couple town songs in particular that drove me up a wall. Like, uh, what's the one? It's not, is it, uh, it's not anti, it's not the... um, Oh, man, when you get over to where you're fighting Oppenheimer, it's one of the first towns you get to, like either TNN or uh Recon. That's okay. The one that um where you recruit uh the the Praiser Jabba. Oh, okay. Like the music in that town is atrocious. Like every time I walked in there, like I knew it was going to start making those noises and I just I did, I wanted it to go away. I wanted to peel my brains out with a spoon. Damn. You don't what? really like folk music, do you? But it's bad. I don't mind folk music. That's bad folk music. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, So Again it always has some really weird music in it. Most of the time, it's really good and really well executed. But there are a few pieces in this game that sort of got on my nerves. Um, and that's like, I didn't even mind Gaspar's music. Gaspar's music I dealt with, right? That that pingy crap he was doing. But, uh, that, for some reason, that one town, man, oh, it was terrible. And like the, the really weird, like Renaissance, you know, like France stereotype stuff, like the Rose Knight stuff was kind of annoying, but I, I, I like it for being like, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's very it's on the, the top, nose. Just like the characters. It's very on the nose. So, um, what do you think about the sounds and music?
1: Um, I, just like the visuals, never had anything that grated my ears. Like everything that I listened to, every time I went to a town and had music, or had a battle, or an encounter, or went to a new dungeon, um, it all was unique and uh, it was enjoyable to me. Like there's nothing, there's no time that I was listening to something. And I'm like, why the fuck am I listening to this? This is this hurting my ears, or this is bad. Like maybe that's because I've got more of like I'm more accepting than you are, and maybe Glenn is about things like you don't listen to a lot of a lot of music that I listen to and I would say I listen to like a broader swath of music than you might um so I can like I appreciated it all of it for what it was like I didn't find anything that was bad like sure some of the sound effects were kind of mediocre but like nothing was really grating and I I enjoyed being able to have the option of changing sound effects for like menu items, like menu. Uh, but most menu of those around. are so
0: bad, though. Yeah.
1: Don't like ever it. do that. I, never used any of it, but like I like the option.
0: I mean, I changed the window, but, and I'll do like that the in the other ones. But yeah, and the color. But I don't ever change the the menu sound.
1: Because the first one's the best, It's when you get used to, and then you get like shit, like animal noises, and you're like, oh, why? God, like. Meow! 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 Like, no, please stop. Yeah, that's the worst.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Oh my god. Just like and then there's like another one that's supposed to be like a person or whatever. It's like we We? like what the mm-hmm. fuck is that? You get percussion and horns. Oh god. I uh, just I don't even understand where to go with that. All right. Um overall though, uh the experience is, is fantastic. I don't think we have to really Beat that horse any more than we already did, you know.
1: I, thi- I you think you could always beat it, beat it some more. <laughs> no,
0: I. Th- we both really enjoyed the game, um, and we'll probably enjoy all the ones that we play in the future. Um, as far as the series go, goes.
1: Yeah, I played it twice. I made two two separate saves. One where the character's name was the quote unquote official name. And the other, where I just renamed to McDole. So he's McDole McDole. That way, when I transport my save into Squeak It Into, the name won't be messed up.
0: Yeah, it does that. It does weird the name out, but oh well. Um, Okay. Time to give it our scores. Gameplay. What'd you give it, Nick? Five. Awesome. Now that we're done eight. with that, let's move on. Glen's <laughs> gameplay well, he yeah, I it, give. What's that?
1: You don't want to, you want me to talk about it. What is this?
0: I know. I think all of them are going to be five. So we just spoiler alert: all of Nick's scores are fives.
1: Oh, does that surprise anybody? <laughs> For
0: all the games he always plays, fives.
1: Not really. I know. Uh, These games that like I like the the East games. but I didn't give them all fives?
0: Glenn Glenn gave it a four, and here's why. He says he loves the gameplay. While he does not like random battles that much, the automated uh, automation system worked fairly well. The rune system was interesting, though it could have used some more expansion, which I hear they did for later titles. All in all, very enjoyable. I gave it a five because I had fun. Um, There are points. I have a very tight schedule, and there are points where I avoided sitting down to play this game because I knew I wouldn't get up to go do whatever chore I had to do. Right? Like, I really enjoy this game. Um, Story. Glenn gives it a five. He said the story started off great and only got better. The whole thing that reminded me a bit of Journey to the West. Sadly, I did not get the golden ending having messed up somewhere. I do wish Ken there was a uh, bit more warning. Other than the fact that we told him.
1: I think there's plenty of <laughs> Countless warning. Countless
0: times. Countless times. Get all the characters.
1: Follow a guide. They will tell you when the cutoff is. Follow the guide.
0: Other than one time. Don't kill the generals. Like that's all there is to it. Like, and then like, you have an option. that Says, cut off his head. No, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, Nick, would you give it?
1: Well, you already swallowed it for everybody. I gave it a five. Now, of course, you um, my comment would be: I understand that it's going to be, I guess, a it's obviously a biased, biased score, but in the effect that if you, like I said before, if you just run through it, and you kind of just, like, okay, so this is a generic um, guy, his, guy's the son of a great general, the empire is corrupt, he finds that out, he fights back against the Empire. If you go in and explore the game itself, like all the characters, the way that everybody interacts with each other, like, all of the, the detail that they put into it, it definitely raises it above. So, like, plot, yeah, plot is kind of low, but just the engrossing story of the game is definitely uh, above and beyond.
0: Alright. I give it a 4 because I've experienced... Overall, I've experienced better. So it's not perfect to me. It's with its flaws. It's still really good. It's still really above average. Um, this will probably be the lowest story score from the So Kidding games for me. Um, but we'll see. I have to replay a couple of them. so um, 4. I mean, it's not bad. Uh... Sound, I gave it a four because I did have a few few, um, musical pieces that I did find grading and a few of the sound effects that were rather generic. Everything else is really well done and above average, so I gave it a four. I'll go ahead and give my visual score as well since Glenn combined his two. Um, Visuals, I gave a four and a half because, again, there were some frustrating imperfections with it was hard to look. Through a few dungeons, or hard to really tell what was going on. Um, I really hate hidden paths in sprite-paced games. I really, really do. So stuff like that really, sort of like the design there really bothered me. Um, but only enough to like take off half a point. Uh, for both art and sound, Glenn gave it a four. Is, this is overall very good. The character design was interesting and unique for each character, and the environments were breathtaking at times. The sound effects were, at most part, good, though I found a few... He felt a few stock effects were used a tad too much. Um, Nick, rebuttal?
1: Um, I don't really have a rebuttal, because we all have our own opinions. Um, we're all different people. I... <laughs> Like I enjoyed the the folksy music. I like, enjoyed the different takes on the the battle system, um, like music and the war music and the different situations. Um, like I just I didn't find anything wrong with it. Sure, there was some of the sound effects were I guess overused or maybe not like, I guess the best, but that's like very, very few and far between in my opinion. Like nothing bothered me and I thought it was just nothing marred the experience at all. Nothing took away from it for me from that, and your thing about the hidden paths is, if you look closely enough, the tile sets are different where you can go into the, the the spots where the hidden stuff is. So.
0: Uh sometimes not when shit's hidden behind trees and stuff. When you're in a cave, yes. When you are like trouncing through the woods,
1: no. When do you When do you not look for shit in the woods, though? It's an old school game.
0: Uh, yes, but it's this PlayStation One. I thought we'd gotten past this shit. Like,
1: come on. It's, uh, we gotta put exploration in there somewhere.
0: That's not exploration. That's like, let me bump up against shit until I find out how to get that chest over there. That's not exploration. That's trial come and on. error.
1: If you had played this, like, if you had played and beaten this game a couple times, and you're walking around somewhere, and you found a new item, how would you not be stoked? To like, holy shit, I just no, found
0: it. No, see, most of the times you can see sort of, like, the side of a a chest, or an opening, so you know you have something to find. It's not like you're just going to randomly say, oh, I missed that. Where was that at? No, 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 no. There's definitely something in the corner of the screen that indicates that, oh, shit. There's something over there. I can't find the path. There must be a hidden path somewhere. It's time for me to bump on every fucking wall until I find out how to get over there. It's bullshit.
1: Your experience may vary. (laughs) Bullshit.
0: Bullsh the stuff I don't mind is like the, the chests that are vaguely obscured by like windows and stuff, like the one for the rage rune and uh Necklord's Castle. That stuff I'm okay with. That's cool, right? Because it's like, oh man, I didn't even see that there. But when you just end up fucking like, you know like a horny fucking kid humping a pillow against the wall of that goddamn thing and so you have to figure out how to get over a chest and you open it, it's like medicine. You shitting me right now. You just I just fucking did all that work for a goddamn medicine. No. No, no. 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 The more I talk about it, the matter I get. I'm only taking a half point off.
1: So it's we can fine. tell.
0: <laughs> fine. Just walking away. Overall, Glenn said, highly, highly recommend this game. To all two of you that haven't played it, even from a Western gamer standpoint, this is one of the greats. I think he thinks this game is way more popular than it
1: is. Yeah, he's got... He's I think has a issues.
0: misconception that there are more than, you know, there's a lot of people that haven't played this game, and I recommend they play it. So my overall is a five. Like as far as experience, like overall experience goes, it's a fantastic game. Like I would recommend it to anybody and everybody that likes RPGs.
1: I gave it a five overall as well. If you uh, obviously couldn't tell, it's uh like it's definitely one of those games that even if you're playing, even if you don't have nostalgia with it, it's definitely in today's gaming world i still i feel like it's a contender for if this game was released as it is now it would probably have to be like indie released or some bullshit uh but i feel like it'd still get top scores
0: yep Uh, i think it's fantastic time for my chair to make a bunch of noise again there that was awesome
1: all right um
0: time to move on to tips and tricks nick how about you give like so if they listen to us splooge all about this fucking game uh, and they want to go play it, what are some tips or tricks that you would give somebody?
1: Um, Well, first thing to do is keep in mind that you can play this game however you want to. It's very forgiving um, to an extent. Like, you obviously can't just, like, throw a level 6 dude in your party of level 40 dudes and then expect them to be able to whoop ass. You have to put some effort into it, but... No,
0: yeah. but it does have very good catch-up mechanic as far as leveling it, characters does. It, like, exactly. Like, you will catch them up very fast. So that ties
1: into one of the tips and tricks I will be talking about soon. But uh, well, the first ones I've got are at the very beginning of the game, like you've maybe played for like two minutes. You can either, you can be your control of tier and you have to go to your house. If you do that, you can recruit Ted into your party for like two minutes before you go to sleep. And then you start the next day. During that time span, you can do one of two things. If you just take tier and you leave the town, and you level up a little bit. I recommend like level 10, 11 maybe. And you go buy new armor. And you buy a new weapon. Or upgrade your weapon rather. And then go all the way to the left side of the map. Across Mount Tiger Wolf, And cross all that path. And go to the hidden town of Serity I think it was. If you go to the top right building in that town. There's some guy in the house who's like. Oh wow. What's a kid like you doing out here by yourself? Here's this thing. And you get a fortune ruin. What that does is it doubles the bits you get after battle, so... Uh, actually, I lied. That's the that's the other one. The Force Rune gives you double experience after battle, so if you want to get one of those early, great. Do that. You can buy them in um, item shops later on in the game, though, and ultimately, because of the way that the experience system works in this game, I do not recommend it. I recommend instead you go for the Prosperity Rune, which is you do the exact same thing, you just have Ted in your party. So you go inside your house, you get Ted, you walk back outside the house, leave the town, uh, go fight, level up, do what you got to do, and go get that ruin. So the reason I don't really recommend the fortune rune as much, because of the experience system, which we never really explained, is um, as you level up, the monsters give you less and less experience. So at level 1, you'll be getting 100 experience from a certain monster. At level 2, you'll get like 50. At level 3, you'll get like 20 maybe. At level 4, you'll start getting like 10. At level 5, you'll get 1. And that kind of works all the way through the game. So when you get to the end game, you're, like, level 59. You'll be fighting dudes that'll give you, like, you'll fight, like, a party of, like, six enemies or something. And they'll give you, like, five experience each. And you pretty much stop leveling. Which takes me into the second, or third, I guess, technically, trick. Which is the level 99 trick. The way that works is you give a character who can have their rune removed. Because you can only, in this game, slot one rune to a character at a time. You take the ruin out and you put in the fortune rune, and you have them. I want to say level thirty nine. I think it's level thirty nine, and then you go to um, I think it's Shazraid Fortress, somewhere. It's one of the end game locations where you can fight six monsters mm-hmm. in a in a group. And if you have that fortune rune on there, normally what it'll do is uh, every monster will give a cap of ten thousand experience. So if you have six of them, um, you'll get sixty thousand total for that fight. Now, what the way experience works is it divvies it up between every character in the party. So if you have six characters, it takes that sixty thousand you just got and then gives ten to each character. With the Fortune Rune equipped to that character, and only two characters in the party—the main character and that secondary character—you uh, get the thirty k for killing all the six monsters, and that doubles, so you get sixty k. So your character shoots from level thirty-nine all the way up to ninety-nine. Um, and that's really the quickest and most efficient way to max cap many of the characters. There are characters that either have a ruin that they can't get removed, or um, like there's just no way you get them at a point in time. Where, like, they're too high level to abuse this trick, um, so you can't do that. But there are characters where if you keep the main character level one by killing him at the very beginning of the game and never reviving him, um, when you recruit them, they become level ninety nine when they join your group. Because of the way that the the mechanics worked, when they add the characters into your party, some characters they are like they join like less than a level than the main character or more than a level than the main character. So you can just work around that and plan that out if you want certain characters to get leveled up faster to level ninety nine. Um, there's also at the very beginning of the game if you go to Rockland and you talk to Marco, he's a guy that plays cups where you get the three cups and he puts the normally we. Modern day, we use a ball. He puts a coin underneath him, and then switches him around on the table. Uh, only while he's in Rockland, and only while he's in Rockland, he follows the same um, set steps, and the coin will end up in the same cup in all of these steps every single time. And that's it. Depends on your game copy. Like when you stake, when you made the save, it's it has its own little set, so you can't really follow anybody else's. But if you record like 15 steps of what happens by doing like I think the 100 bit bet. Um, that would probably be the easiest way. Like, you save, you do a 100-bit bet, you write down where the, the coin lands each time, you load your save, um, go bet 10k each time, and you'll make money. Like, tons of money. You'll have, you'll be rolling in money so quickly that you'll be going to pick up taxes from the town, and they'll be like, sorry, we're broke. And you're like, ha, I've got millions of dollars. And it's kind of funny. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's about it that I can think of off the top of my head.
0: Now there, you can abuse Gaspar. Uh, just That's save right. right there in your are in, and go play him until you cap. The way I found was easiest. Like I tend to get screwed. Like if I went to him with like a very small. If you go in with like 300k and you could just like you have much more time. You could just do it and do it and do it until you cap. Because eventually you'll cap. Like eventually he'll just get on this streak where he just fucks up and fucks up and fucks up. Like one time I capped simply because he could not land the three dice in the bowl like 10 times in a row. <laughs> now there it is it is pure happenstance so there will be other times where like you know you'll run out of money because like you'll be one away from capping like it'll be for 360 some thousand and then he'll either run a roll a, a good storm or you'll roll a bad storm and you have to pay triple and it'll rape your bank but um, mid levels it's the easiest way to cap just save go in with you know a couple hundred bits and just have at it until you max.
1: Because end game, you'll be killing two birds with one stone. If you want to level up your character, the characters you're not really using, you can take them into the last dungeon, run around for a little bit, and you'll be making like 20, 30K, 30 K, or 30,000 bits each fight. And yeah. More than that, if you have somebody with a prosperity rune equipped, which at that point, I don't know why you would, but you still can if you want to.
0: Yeah, uh, and towards the end of the game, money's really not a problem even though like the step from 15 to 16 and your weapon is like 70k like it's it's really not that big of a deal um that's that's about all i can think of for tips and tricks we are going to do like a little mini episode so keep an eye out for 11 episode 11 and a half we're just going to talk about the characters and good parties what our ending parties and stuff is it could be very entertaining or very boring radio that's why we're Separating it out, like it'll show up on the feed with everything else. So you oh, listen to I, it. Or I don't, could give
1: another tip okay, relating to it. characters and unites, but mm-hmm. if we, I don't know if we want to save that or we can we'll re- reiterate that later. We'll save it. All right.
0: Um. So I think that I'll do it. Do you have anything else to add before I pull us into the outro here?
1: Um. Not really, like you, as usual. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please let them let us know.
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Alright, let's see here, let me pull up our outro music. Oh yeah. Sexy ska music. Alright. Thank you for listening to the RPG show. You can follow us on Twitter at the RPG Podcast. Like the show, or would you rather have lost us to a dice game with Gaspar? Either way, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Each one counts, and we'd love you for it. Until next time, bye everybody. Bye everybody. Outro music provided by Kevin McCloud.